0: Hello and welcome to the PACMAG Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the S, Brie James.
1: Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the PACMAG Parents Podcast, the podcast for parents that agree that our kids are both the reason we lose it and the reason that we hold it together. I'm Bree James, and on today's show, we are unpacking the myths around gender, and we're going to talk about the difference between the boy's brain and the girl's brain. Is is there a difference? Um, We're also going to get into the weird, the wacky, and the wonderful in the world of parenting. And we finally have an answer to describing that feeling in your stomach when you're on a roller coaster. And we also have found a renewable energy made entirely out of eggshells a cracking idea and don't forget to give our give it a go challenge a go this week we're going to get your muscles burning and without further ado let's get into today's show so now we've all heard that little boys are made of snips and snails and poppy dog tails and that girls are made of sugar and spice and everything nice but when did this become knowingly stereotypical uh, when raising boys and girls now it's definitely no secret that boys and girls are different But how different are they really? And can this really impact the way that we bring up our children? So today's guest is a popular neuroscience educator and parenting commentator who specializes in translating complex neuroscience into digestible, easy to understand information. And today, that's exactly what he's going to do by explaining the differences between boys' and girls' brains. So let's welcome today's guest, Nathan Wallace, all the way from Christchurch, New Zealand on Zoom. It's
0: time to get to class.
1: So tell me, are the brains of boys and girls, men and women, different?
2: Fundamentally, no. It's just how they develop this differently. And they use different components in a slightly different way. So that causes the changes that we see on the surface. But fundamentally, it's the same brain. It's structured in the same way. It's made up of the same components. Just we do notice some differences. Like I say, some components are maybe larger in the male brain or larger in the female
1: brain. Mm, Is it like the organising structure is better in a female brain?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that straight away goes to the heart of the matter. When we talk about the male and female brain, we have to differentiate between sex and gender because gender is so culturally bound. You know, like that statement of being organised as a a female thing. Um, Is it necessarily in our sex that females are more organised? Or is that a gender construct? Because we have the females look after and nurture the children. And anyone that looks after and nurtures children has to be quite organised. They go together. <laughs> so mm. maybe if men were the child wearers, um, they'd be the organised ones. So, yeah, it's just it highlights that thing that there's two different concepts we're talking about, really, sex and gender.
1: So what are the differences then um, between males okay. and females with their brains?
2: Right. Um, well, one of the key, there's sort of a few key things that are different. One is the corpus close and that's like a band of fibers that joins the left and the right hand brain so if i hold your brain teleported your brain into my hand you would notice that it's not one board it's in two kind of independent halves and those two halves are joined by this band of fibers and that's the corpus callosum. so it integrates things from the left and the right brain together this is why we associate women as multitasking basically they tend to have a way more detailed corpus callosum so we call it cognitive flexibility in the research, not um, multitasking, because she's not really using both sides of the brain at once. She's just able to go from the right-hand side of the brain going, go all blacks, to the left-hand side of the brain to sort out the washing, back to the right-hand side of the brain to say, go all blacks, back to the left-hand side to peel potatoes. She just goes backwards and forwards so quickly between the tasks, we call it multitasking, but from a research point of view, we call it cognitive flexibility. And that cognitive flexibility, they I to go left, right, she does it so fast, it looks like she's doing them both at the same time. So basically, if woman. It's corpus callosum if you think of it as a bridge that joins the left and right hand brains women have a six lane highway for a bridge generally most women men if women have a six lane highway men have a swing bridge at the back somewhere so <laughs> the corpus callosum is nowhere near as detail so you find that men aren't famous for cognitive flexibility they are brain scan men tend to stay much more on the left hand side of the brain than women do I mean, women and men, so mainly on the left-hand side of the brain, that's just what we are as humans. We're, we're um, It's lateralized, and that's why we're intelligent, So, mainly on the left-hand side. But, so, but women go over to the right-hand side way more than men do. I mean, it actually all comes down to the numbers as well, because men and women can get from the left-hand side of the brain to the right-hand side of the brain at the same speed. But men and women can get back at the same speed to the left-hand side of the brain, but men take twice as long. So they can only go back at half the speed. So that means they tend to not make the journey in the first place because it's going to be harder to get back. So men, yeah, it's, like, it's like they've gone to the right-hand brain, can't find their way back, won't ask for directions, and it takes it twice as long to get back again. So they just in future decide not to make the journey. So men stay lots on the left-hand side of the brain and women on the right, and we see that, um, or women use the right a whole lot more, and we see that reflected in that the structure of the corpus callosum.
1: Tell me a little bit more about the left side of the brain and the difference between the left and the right side of the brain.
2: Well, it gets really oversimplified in the literature because you're always using both, really. But you can just, in general, think of the left-hand side of the brain as being all the procedural stuff, language. um, So everything you do at school is on the left-hand side of the brain. Advanced cognitive function. You know, humans are really left prefrontal cortex is where all our intelligence is. You know, monkeys use their left and right brain in a much more balanced way, and that's why they're not as intelligent as us. So the fact that we're lateralised and we're able to use the left-hand side of the brain much more than the right is why we developed higher cognition and language and complex thought. And so, yeah, that's just how we are as a species. We're sort of left-brain dominant. Right brain is then the insight and the creativity, the play, and the, uh, the, the spark of inspiration, intuition, the big picture. Um, like when someone, the language is on the left-hand side of the brain. So when someone has a stroke and they lose their language and they can't talk, they can often sing even though they can't talk because singing would be more on the right-hand side of the brain and then maybe the stroke is on the left-hand side of the language is. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so incredibly interesting. So how can yeah. the differences between left and right brain and male and female brains change yeah. the way that we raise our children then?
2: Well, yeah, it's hard to jump straight from the physical evidence of the brain form to function. But if we associate that that um, corpus callosum as, it's associated with integrating left and right brain. So it is associated with integrating emotion, so emotional intelligence. Maybe that's why women seem more emotionally intelligent, commit suicide at less rate than men, because they've got a more detailed corpus callosum, which allows them to integrate emotion a whole lot more. So what that tells us is, uh, we can see in the research boys, Start to learn a musical instrument before the age of seven it causes structural changes in their corpus callosum, which makes it develop much more extensively than it usually would, and develops sort of to the extent of the females. So maybe we would produce really emotionally intelligent men if um, we all learn a musical instrument.
1: Yeah, wow, that's incredible
2: Yeah, it is fascinating. But like I say, it's hard to jump straight from form to function, mm. but it's only suggested. The, the other differences in the male and female brain that sort of buys into that is this: there's an emotional part of your brain called the amygdala. The amygdala is what we really associate with emotion. a lot. We associate a lot with sort of anger, like the sort of burglar alarm in the brain, you know, danger, danger, danger. But it's sort of all emotions. And basically that's another one of those gender differences is men tend to have a larger amygdala than women do. So men have a larger emotional brain. So that surprises people the way before a start because we tend to think as women as emotional. But really, maybe if we think of women as being emotionally intelligent it has to do with the corpus callosum. Who's actually more emotional? Who's more likely to be overwhelmed by their emotions and suicide? A man or a woman? A man. Mm. Who's more likely to be overwhelmed by their emotions and lash out and hurt the other person? A man. Um, it, it kind of does make sense that a man has a larger emotional brain. If you combine those two things together, the corpus callosum helps you to regulate emotion and amygdala is the raw emotion. So straight away, you see a difference in the male and female brain. The female has got a small amygdala, so a more manageable amount of emotion, and a large network, a corpus callosum, to regulate that emotion. So women's brain, looks like also a biologically set up to regulate. You could speculate that's from hundreds of thousands of years of um, parental children. And that's exactly what you have to do all day. You know, you want to kill them, you have to regulate them. Um, so, you know, you, you have a brain, this is really good really at regulating emotion. Whereas, um, men have a large amygdala, so more but you could say more emotional if we go form of function. Um, and a smaller network, corpus philosoph generally, for regulating emotion. So they're set up to be more overwhelmed by their emotions, which kind of fits evolutionally with being a warrior. Warrior needs their emotions, not their fungal cortex. Of parent needs a cortex.
1: This podcast is proudly brought to you by Good Start Early Learning. Goodstart can nurture your little one right from the nursery through to kindergarten with the choices of a nine-hour, ten-hour or all-day session. Visit goodstart.org.au and inquire today.
2: It's
1: so interesting. I mean... I know, obviously, we always see a difference between the way that a man and a woman parent their children, but, you know, your explanation yep. there really helps. So what if you do have someone that's obviously their amygdala is going out of control, and how can you bring them back down to calm a little bit? Because I've got boys, so help me out with this one.
2: Okay, so you've got boys, and when they're losing the plight, how can you calm them down a bit? One, I think I have a one, two, three step method. Step number three is to help them out by telling them what would have been a socially acceptable way to achieve that. Don't tell them what they shouldn't have done. Tell them step by step in as much detail as possible what they should have done instead. That's actually sort of so that's teaching your kids what to do, then how is them with what to do next time. Saying so don't hit your brother doesn't tell you what you're supposed to do the next time he snatches the remote off you. So but that's step number three. So it's called cognitive training. Just tell them exactly what to do. But that's not counting them down. I'm just saying that's the last thing. The reason I'm mentioning that first is because parents often go to that first. Mm. They go straight to sort of telling the what we should have done instead. If you do it as step number one, it's no longer cognitive training. It's just nagging and nobody listens to it. So you yeah, have to make one uh, nag cognitive training, you have to do steps one and two. Step number one is like you're saying, if the kid's have a hassle, you've got to calm them down. There's no magic way to calm the kids down. You're the one that's got a relationship with your kid. And you know better than anybody which how each of those kids calms down. One of them might be a hugger. One might be you have a fit if you try and hug it. One might want left alone for five minutes. One might be devastated if you leave them alone for five minutes. You've got to find out. You've got to have a relationship with that kid to know what comes. And you know, my friends know if I'm upset to leave me alone for five minutes, they don't try and hug me. You know, you have to know the person. I, you know, you have to know. Whereas I've got other friends that when they're upset, that's what they want to hug. So if I see them upset, I don't impose my needs and think I'll leave them alone for five months because that's what I would like. I meet their needs and, you know, go and give them a hope. So we've got to do the same for our kids. We've got to find out what calms them down and actually just give them a the space to calm down. There's no point in doing anything where their survival networks will arouse in their brain and they're having a massive Because they work like, on a set of scales Your gives intelligence and survival. If survival's all aroused, then intelligence is way, way down here. If you want that intelligence online, you've got to calm that survival brain. Yeah, so just it. give them a sandwich give them a cuddle, we'll do what works for them step number two is the goal though, you've got to um, the way calm calms down is to name the emotion that you feel, that's really the key that's what skilled communicators do if someone, if you're losing the plot and someone says oh look I can see you're really angry you feel a bit listened to and you calm down a little bit, if you're about to if you're losing the plot and someone says calm down, you get even angrier because they haven't, they haven't validated your emotion and children's worldview is 90% emotional. If you don't speak to their emotion, you haven't listened to them. Mm. And if you don't listen to your kids, they won't listen to you. Children do as you do know as you say. So it's understanding not to go straight to the strategy. It's number one, calm them down. The golden step, number two, validate the emotion. I can see that's made you really angry. I can see that's made you really upset. Because when the kid feels listened to, and that's 90% of their worldview, so they will feel listened to it mm. Then, when you speak and do your cognitive training, there's way more chance I'll listen to you because you just listen to you. So, that's my secret recipe for counting. Because, down one, two, three, one, count the brain's team, to validate the limbic emotions, and then three, cognitive training, give them a strategy for what to do
1: next. I love that. That is a really gold um, tip there. Thank you so much. Um, now, last question. Well, actually, I've got two more. What advice then do you have for parents raising children to, in today's society? Because obviously, you know, things have changed since we were kids.
2: Yep, they have um, changed a lot. It has changed pro- a lot. Yeah, I'd say um, teenagers, when they talk about being gender fluid, rather than just having a binary concept of male or female, and we think, oh, what a load of shit. Well, actually, they're right. Um, that's how it is ge- genetically and scientifically. There isn't, there isn't two genders. There never has been two genders. We've just decided that there was two genders. There are on your chromosomes. There are seven genders. So you know, traditionally, a female is XX. And a male is XY, but all human beings don't fall into that category. It's um, only most human beings do. Like I say, there's actually seven different categories. You can get XXY, XYX. So they're called intersex. And to give you an idea of what sort of numbers they exist in in our society, it's the same percentage number, not the same people, but the same percentage number as we have red hair people. So really, the number of people you know that have red hair, you know the same number of people who are intersex. But we live in a society where they were probably surgically corrected. They were told they're supposed to be a boy or a girl, and they get fixed in hospital. But scientifically now we can see yeah, actually gender is like a continuum, and um, and, and sex is a, you know is really a continuum rather than a binary concept. Um, and you don't even stay in one place in the continuum. We, we they call it the mosaic theory in the literature now. What that means is if you're a female and I'm a male, probably you've got more of a female brain than male brain. And probably I've got more of the male brain than the female brain. But we can take certain characteristics. Let's say you um, never wanted children and you're like an accountant and um, always thought kids were annoying. And I'm a male who's an early childhood teacher. Then the feminine characteristic of being nurturing, probably I've got more than you. You know, the male characteristic of being competitive, maybe you're super competitive and I just happen not to be. So it's not really that I have a total male brain and you have a total female brain. It's that over a population of 100, you know, Overall, you've got more of a female, but often I've got more of a male, but really it's a mosaic. Everyone's got a mosaic. So, gender is really a continuum, not a binary concept. Mm. So, just accept your children for who they are and let them come up with their own gender and don't impose our standards. They're outdated now. So, just listen to the kids. They know better than do.
1: Any other advice?
2: <laughs>
1: no, I think that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a lot. It's a yeah, lot.
2: Yeah, yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot. So yeah, when I'm loaded with advice about child well being, I want just the one number one piece of advice try and stay at home in the first year of life with the child. Because from a brain point of view, there's sort of nothing you can do, no one single thing you could do that would more improve the kids' outcomes over their whole life that. But then for all the parents that haven't done that, and don't feel really bad because that doesn't replicate. Yeah. The one resiliency building thing.
1: Yeah, beautiful. So obviously you've got a lot of advice to share. Where can our listeners go to find out more about you? I know we've just
2: got a web page up because so, it used to be all over the show. Now we've put a consolidated in one place. So just go to NathanMollis.com and it's all there.
1: Beautiful. Well, I loved our conversation today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we'd love to have you back on board at some point. But thank you so much. I love Here it. you go. <laughs> the difference between the brains of boys and girls. There's some differences but not really. I love like
0: it. <laughs> yeah. The weird, the wacky, and the wonderful in the world of parenting.
1: So you know when you're on a roller coaster or a similar ride with that drop and you suddenly get a feeling of your stomach, yeah, dropping? uh, Well, your insides are actually shifting. So when a roller coaster comes over its crest, slows for a second, then hurls downward, the seatbelt keeps your bottom in place, but your stomach and intestines get a little bit of airtime. And it's not all damaging, but your nerves definitely detect the movement leading to the feeling of your stomach dropping. So there you go. It's a fact. It does actually happen. Your stomach does stay up there uh, when you're going down. It's it's an interesting feeling. An international team of scientists from Australia, Germany and Japan have found a way to turn eggshells into a conductor for energy. So chicken eggshells contain a high level of calcium carbonate, which allows them to store lithium, which when washed, dried and crushed into a powder, the end product could conduct power. Eggshells, there you have it renewable energy source. And number three, a university student earned the Dyson Award uh, for creating a regenerating rubber pavement. So the pavement is made of additives and old rubber tires and creates a putty that reacts to water. So when it rains and water hits the road, the putty makes calcium silicates that fill any cracks, producing an environmentally friendly, self-repairing road. How cool is that? Recycled pavement, road that repairs itself. We certainly need those in Australia.
0: If you're loving the Mag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Pinterest. It's time for Bree's Give It A Go Challenge.
1: All right, this week's challenge, I want you to try Pilates. Now, if you've been trying to figure out a way to get that body of your dreams... Pilates may just be the answer. So, Pilates focuses on relaxing muscles which are tense and strengthening others. So, search for a class near you and go and give it a go. You'll love it.
0: Pac Mag's tip of the week.
1: All around the world, many people are looking for the fountain of youth. So, we're all looking to live longer lives, and the key to longevity may just be in plain sight. So if you exercise for 30 minutes at least four times per week, meditate for five minutes per day, stay hydrated and outside more, eat healthy meals and wash your hands often, these all may be obvious as they generally keep us pretty healthy. But drinking tea, eating spicy foods, dancing and having a good laugh have all been linked to living a longer life also.
0: It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show?
1: So, what do we learn on today's show well number one fundamentally boys and girls brains are the same however some parts of the brain are bigger than the other which causes differences so like nathan said women are known to be better at multitasking due to the fact that the part of the brain that holds the two halves together is more complex, resulting in an advantage at multitasking so women have a six-lane highway connecting each side of the brain Whereas men have a one congested lane. So there you have it. Number two was an interesting fact that Nathan mentioned was that if a boy learns an instrument before the age of seven, this causes structural changes in their brain, which makes it develop much more extensively to the extent of a female's brain. So how interesting is that? And number three, another thing he said was that a man's brain actually has a larger emotional sector than a woman's. So men are more likely to become overwhelmed by their emotions where women are more emotionally intelligent. And lastly, for boys, when they have acted badly, instead of telling them not to do something as this gives them no direction on how to handle the situation in the future, instead explain to them in detail what they should have done instead. And hopefully that helps you out. It was great. Uh, Nathan had so many fantastic tips. So I hope you loved uh, today's wrap. Well, I can't believe we've wrapped up another show. I'm having a lot of fun bringing it to you. A big thank you to Nathan, all the way from Christchurch in New Zealand, for being on the show today. Uh, And remember, any important links can be found in the show notes. And you can play all of our past episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au slash podcast. A big thank you to everyone who's made the show possible today. A big thank you to Good Start Early Learning. But until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. See you next time.